0: Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio as we continue our study on biblical prophecy. We're looking at Jesus' teaching, his prophetic teaching, in the Olivet Discourse. And again, the Olivet Discourse simply refers to his teaching, his discourse on the Mount of Olives. And the discourse is recorded in Matthew 24 paralleled in Mark 13 and also paralleled in Luke 21 with slight variations and perhaps a different emphasis or addition in different gospels. So we want to compare all three. What I've been trying to explain to you is two are two things from the Olivet Discourse, and these two things we have to keep in mind. And the reason I'm really emphasizing this and repeating this is because you are not going to see a very consistent balance in the teaching about the alvid discourse or Jesus's prophetic teaching. For instance, there's one group that I've taught you the term the preterist or those who see Jesus's teaching in these gospel passages as historical relating to the destruction of the temple and of the city of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Many good Catholic, interpreters stop their interpretation at 70 AD. Now, there are good reasons why 70 AD needs to be recognized in these passages, and to be very frank, the TV preachers very often just totally ignore 70 AD. When Jesus was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem, the temple, he says in Luke 21:20, 20, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, it's talking about the Romans coming in 70 AD, know that its desolation has come near, let then those who are in Judea, that's the area around Jerusalem, flee to the mountains. So there is an important aspect of 70 AD relating to this passage. Now, the most difficult thing in the world is to keep two counterbalancing ideas in your mind at the same time. Uh, It took centuries. You know, is Jesus God? No, he's man. No, he's God. No, he's man. Or is he half God? No, he's fully God and fully man. That's difficult to comprehend. That's why it took centuries to really get that well-defined in the creeds. Well, the same type of thing applies to the Olivet Discourse does it refer to 70 AD or the end of the world? And I've been been advocating the view that says both. Now, whatever you end up believing, it's important that you understand what interpretive principles whoever's teaching you from these passages is using, because whatever the fundamental principles are, it's going to affect the outcome of of, the understanding, as well as the application. Now, I have been saying that along with the primary importance of 70 AD, there are multiple fulfillments spoken of in the Olivet Discourse. I've been a whole broadcast over uh, to that. And then I gave you the interpretive principles from St. Augustine, St. Thomas Aquinas, and Pope Benedict in his work, Jesus of Nazareth, Volume 2, all showing that there can be multiple fulfillments and that the Olivet Discourse can refer to both 70 A.D. and the end of the world. Now, I'd like to answer in very succinct fashion this question, why? are the two fulfillments prophesied by Jesus given in almost identical terms. And I'm going to give you the explanation from the Navarre Study Bible, particularly recommend the New Testament in the Navarre Study Bible. It's a Catholic study Bible. And they put it this way, and I quote, "...in the Jewish mind, the destruction of Jerusalem coincided with the end of the world." Jesus uses the destruction of the temple and of Jerusalem as a sign or symbol of the catastrophes which will mark the end of the world. In other words, in the Jewish mind these are these two events, these two distinct events were joined, and so when he was speaking of them, he used the one to signify the other. And here's a long title to a book, but I'm going to read you their one-sentence summary of this. This is from the New International Greek Testament Commentary, and they say, quote, there is a parallel between the signs before the fall of Jerusalem and before the end, unquote. I think that says it so well. There's a parallel between the signs of 70 A.D. and those events that happen before the end of time as we know it. Now, another question. How can we be sure of a lengthy gap between 70 AD and the end of the world as we know it? It's been 2,000 years or so, okay? One of the prime ways we understand this, and this is, again, a repetition, but this is often not Uh, emphasized, and so you might even have this gospel passage read to you and you don't realize its significance. St. Augustine told us to compare the gospels because one may have a certain clarity relating to certain events regarding the end times that Jesus talked about in the Olivet Discourse, and we find something in Luke chapter 21 and verse 24 that we don't find in the other Gospels in teaching about the uh, Olivet Discourse. And it says this in Luke twenty-one twenty-four: they will fall by the edge of the sword, the Roman sword, and be led captive among all nations, and Jerusalem will be trodden down by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. As I mentioned to you, it went all the way from 70 AD until June 10th, 1967. As a result of the Six-Day War, the Jews were again in control of the entire city of Jerusalem. That is a very important verse, Luke 21, 24. Now, if you want to explore this, and again, how you come out in understanding Jesus's teaching, will be how do you balance the 70 A.D. and the end of the world teachings? Pope Benedict, in his Jesus of Nazareth, Volume Two, shows us there are passages, gospel passages, outside of the Olivet discourse in both Mark and Matthew, that make room for that worldwide Gentile mission to go on. That the time where Jerusalem is trodden down by the Gentiles. Now, I raised this argument before, and I'm raising it again because it's a very important counter-argument to the position I'm advocating. And again, he said, well, why do we need to know this? Well, if you want to know what Jesus taught, you're going to have to know the underlying principles of interpreting these passages. It's highly critical, okay? And most people fall into one of two camps and don't seem to be able to join the two together. But the counter-argument comes again from the parallel passage in Matthew 24, parallel to Luke 21. And in Matthew 24, Jesus says, recorded in verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Well, you'd say, well, you know, that didn't happen in 70 A.D. Well, in a sense, it did, and you need to understand the preterist, the historical argument, that school of interpretation that sometimes gets taken a bit too far and squeezes off any reflection of Jesus's teaching regarding the end of times before his second coming. Okay, was the gospel preached through the world before 70 A.D.? Listen to these three passages real quick. Romans sixteen twenty six. St. Paul, talking about the gospel, is now disclosed through the prophetic writings, is made known to all nations. Now, all nations, when Paul was writing, referred to all the nations that he knew about, and that's basically the nations of the known world, the Roman Empire. St. Paul again, Romans 10. So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes from the preaching of Christ. Now here's the zinger, Romans 10:18. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed, they have, for their voice has gone out to all the world, and their words to the end of the world. Boy, that's enough to become a preterist right there, a consistent preterist, and squeeze off any interpretation regarding the end. But let's just wait a second. I just read that right here in South Carolina, there have been human remains found and human settlements found dating back to the Ice Age. Hundreds of years, centuries upon centuries prior to St. Paul's writing this, there were people, human beings here in South Carolina. Was the gospel preached to them in the centuries before Christ? Of course not. Well, some preterists will say, and hear this carefully, that the gospel promise that Jesus spoke about in Matthew 24 being preached to the whole world refers only to the gospel being spread throughout the known world prior to 70 A.D. Now, let me state this positively. The gospel was preached to the entire known world of the Roman Empire by the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. But, and in my notes, this but is underlined, this but is in bold, and this but is in all capital letters, and here it is, the but. God's loving intention is for all the world to hear and believe. The next time a preterist tells you that Jesus was only speaking speaking to the Roman Empire, just look them right into the eye and say, that is theological baloney. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't just love the Roman Empire. He loves the people in all the inhabited globe. Yes, there was an initial fulfillment in 70 A.D., just like there were several initial fulfillments in 70 A.D., But there is an ancient promise that God made to Abraham recorded in Genesis chapter 22, where it says, "'I will indeed bless you. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the sea and as the sand which is on the seashore, that by your descendants shall all, all the nations of the earth bless themselves.'" And probably back in Abraham's day, the knowledge of the known world was even less than in Jesus's time and St. Paul's time. So yes, before the destruction of Jerusalem, the gospel was preached before the known world. But before the second coming, the gospel will be preached to all the world, the entire globe. And that's what it means that God so loved the world. And that's why we're not the unbalanced preterist taking 70 AD a little too far and leaving out three-quarters of this globe that Jesus loves. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 49 of Luke 21 Radio.